Welcome to For the Hidden Podcast, where our mission is simple, to be the advocate, the helper, and the voice for the hidden. I'm Michael, here with my brothers, Randy and Greg. And today, we're going to be talking a little bit about foster care. First, before we get into that, let's let's talk about a little bit about ourselves, what we're doing, and what all this even is. Yeah. So, quickly, just for me, for, for, for the podcast, we are For The Hidden. Our website is ForTheHidden.com. We have Instagram and Facebook as well, Facebook pages of, if you search the name, you'll find it. Uh, and what we are is, like I said in the intro, we are a group of brothers and eventually more people, hopefully, that get together and try to help others find some issues going on in their communities, like foster care, like what other issues, homelessness, yeah, what a, things like Whatever this issue that, doesn't get the, the amount of media coverage that we know it deserves, right? Exactly. Right. Media coverage. We're trying to bring light to those who don't have uh, a way to, to show themselves to people. So we're trying to, trying to inform and educate everybody about these problems. As for me, my name is Michael. I have been a foster parent in California when I lived there. We were foster parents. My wife and I were foster parents for four or five years. We ended up adopting three children from the foster care program, and it is something very close to me. And what I like to kind of be a part of and and make sure other people are aware as well of the challenges of the foster care. And I really like helping people and, you know, kind of mentoring youth when I can. I have a lot of opportunities um, being a coach, being a, you know, just youth mentor. And I, I enjoy that. I enjoy doing that a lot. Uh, so, Randy, tell us about yourself. Well, my name is Randy Starks, of course. I'm the uh, second oldest child of Steve and Jean. And basically, my background is, you know, I, I barely graduated high school, kind of went off to the Marine Corps, um, did get an honorable discharge, so I'm pretty proud of that. And then yeah. um, spent most of my professional career in utility construction. Um, I was blessed to partner up with some really great people and was able to start some businesses. Um, I actually started a utility construction company out in the Bay Area, um, a, also a fiber optics company, and was lucky enough to to get some of those sold off. So I invested in real estate and just you know a serial entrepreneur kind of from there on out. Um, currently, I own or operate four different businesses. Um, we have another one, me and my wife, on the way that we're going to be starting soon. Um, but I am also finding time to go to school because I want to be a science teacher. Just like Michael said, I love mentoring. I love just sharing what I have with other people and also volunteering in my community. Um, I'm in Placerville, California. Um, and, you know, there's an unhoused community here that needs a lot of help. They don't get the resources that bigger towns get. So uh, me and my wife spend a lot of time helping out there with animal rescues also. And I did do a short stint as a foster parent. So I have a little bit of experience, but that's mm -hmm. mostly mostly on my wife because I was out of town a lot for that. But <laughs> that's basically me in a nutshell. What about you, Greg? All right. Well, hello, everybody. My name's Greg. Uh, let's see, where to, where to start? I'm the baby of the family. I'm the youngest at a prime, uh, 33 years old. 
so you guys are really old. <clears throat> but let's see. Uh, yeah, so I currently work in the defense industry. Uh, I work, my customer is the Air Force, but I work here in uh, in Utah. I live in Clinton, Utah, and I'm a project manager in my company. Uh, I enjoy it. It's a fun job. Um, I get to do a lot of things, a lot of different things. It's very dynamic. Let's see. I have a bachelor's degree in humanities and philosophy, which is actually, uh, I think what I'm, one of the things I'm most proud of. I love it. I love everything about, I guess, the humanities, which includes, you know, art, music, studying cultures, um, and of course, philosophy. Uh, I just, I don't know what it is about it. I, I think I'm just a very curious person. I love asking questions. Maybe that is because I'm the baby and... Um, I always had the privilege to bug everybody. <laughs> the privilege. Nice. So I was just always asking questions. Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Uh, and so that's kind of extended to my life now. Um, let's see what else about me. My recently I spent time, uh, about 18 months, almost two years in Taiwan. And that's where I met my wife. My lovely wife, we met on Tinder. That's a story for another time, but uh, it is a Tinder success story and one of the few, but I, I met her and she's kind of changed. She and my time living there kind of changed my view on the world and, and the, just the way I see things and approach people. Um, and because of my curious nature, I do love to just sit and talk with people and get to know about them, about their lives. And that's kind of what drew me to this this for the hidden venture, um, just getting to know people and ideas and things really, I don't know, it really gets me going. You know, I, I love just reading about these things and seeing them and experiencing them. And so that's, that's why I'm here. And that's a little bit about me. Very cool. So this has been kind of a passion project of mine for a long time, and I'm really excited that we're that my brothers have joined in and and they're they're with us on this journey. And I couldn't be happier now as we're starting to get out and share messages and trying to help people. It's our ultimate goal is to help others, help others. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Without further ado, do you guys have any ados before we get into the the topic of discussion today? I mean, I actually did have one major ado. Yeah. It's kind of a okay. disclaimer ado, if you will. Uh, just, yeah. you know, we, we're, we're three brothers that are trying to do some good. This is a company that we've started. Um, we're going to be selling apparel. We're going to be doing social media. We're going to be doing, you know, service projects out in our communities. We're going to be doing good, but we're also, but it, but it is a company that we've started. Um, but one of the main things is mm-hmm. that, you know, we're not social workers, and we're not, you know, professional researchers, but we are doing our best to gather this information, to give you this information, to present it to you so that you can all act. Because what we want to do is build a community, right? We're not just the three of us out here trying to just drive this hammer home by ourselves. We are building a community so that everyone can work together. That's our goal. Um, trying to have fun doing it. But that's our passion. That's our goal. But that's just right off the top. I just want to let everybody know that we are fallible. And if you want to message into <laughs> us, if you say, hey, what you said doesn't make any sense to me because that's bound to happen. 
why don't you just go ahead and drop a comment and let us know. And there it is. Yeah. That's the adieu That's... I had for you. Totally fair. I love it. Yes, we are. We are people just like you. Uh, and we, we mess up sometimes, but hopefully, except I hopefully do, we do I, more good than anything else. We're people just like you, except for I put my pants on both legs at a time. That's the only difference. Oh, interesting. He is different. Yeah. He's one of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gets two at Save once. time. I save time okay. in the morning. This man is the peak <laughs> of efficiency. Okay. All right. Well, then let's talk about it. So as for the hidden, we have our <clears throat> our sort of structure that we, we've chosen to run with is every few months, we're going to be highlighting a different different issue that we've found and that we're kind of passionate about. So the first three months or so, we're going to be talking about foster care. If you hit our website at www.forthehidden.com, you can read some articles that we've already produced and see the merchandise that we'll that we have out and it's all kind of relating to foster care and you can get your information there about kind of why we why we're invested in it and the problems and how you and your community can actually look for volunteer opportunities or just how to help um, generally so this first one is foster care and because i have spent the most time out of the three of us and have been kind of the closest to the foster care system in my life, uh, I have I have the topic today. So I will be introducing the problem that I see with it. Again, we're people. My problem might not be the same as, as other people's problems that they see, but this is, the, this is the issue that I find with the foster care program. So I'll get right into it. And on the website, again, you can read the article that we've, that we've written about this, about foster care. Um, let me just pull this up real quick and we'll go to it. So Randy and Greg, I'm going to kind of introduce this to you guys. Um, this foster care problem, Randy, you know, a little bit more than Greg, but you've both interacted with me and my family. So you kind of already know some of the problems that I've, that I've had with my, with my foster care. Your beautiful family stuff. Yeah. Just right off the top, right (laughs) off the top. Let me just say that Michael is so he's about to present all these issues, right? And they're and they're serious issues, and, and it's systemic issues in the foster care system. But there are successes. Yeah. Never forget that we're we're going to be laying out some serious topics, you know, as we do this. But just remember, it's not all doom and gloom. Michael's beautiful family is the, is the product of what happens yeah. when good people take action. I mean, the, these kids are awesome. They're great, and Michael and his and his wife are taking care of business, and I couldn't be more proud. Thank you. That's that means a lot because it's hard. It's very hard. And like you said, we're case study number one. So I'm going to share a lot of stuff that might not seem great. A lot of it's not very happy stuff, but there is hope, like you said, Um, as long as people like us, people like you Mm -hmm. get involved in in any way that's possible. Hang in there, everybody. So hang in. Buckle (laughs) up. Here we go. So a lot of us are a lot of us know what foster care is. Right. You guys both know what foster care is. Right. You, you've got the kind of idea. And I think with a lot of people that I've met that that don't re- like know what it is, but don't really know about it, haven't really researched it. think it's like it's bad kids in homes with people who just want to make money off foster care. Now, I've 
I've, I've heard a lot of people raise that, that feeling to me, like they're just bad kids. That's why they're in foster care or like they're, yeah, their family's messed up, but those kids are also messed up. So they're going to be in the system. And a lot of comments about resource families, which is the foster family who takes these kids, they also get kind of a bad rap as well. Uh, a lot of people see them as people not really caring for the kids and just trying to get a paycheck because you're, you're, you're looking after a kid in your house. Um, but you see so that though, right? Kind of, I mean, like that, that happens, right? It does. And that's, that's not helping the problem. Uh, there are some people who take five, six kids at once because for each kid you take, you do get money, but that money is supposed to be spent on the child that's in your home. So, you know, and with the current rules of foster care, you can have two or three kids in a room, in one room in your house. So if you have three rooms open, you can have a lot of kids in there hmm. and you can just pile them in. And there are cases of that. So, I mean, it's not, you know, totally unjustified to, to think that way. Then again, there are a lot of very genuine people trying to help. Um, and not all the kids who, who are in foster care, I'm going to say not, there's none of them are too hard to deal with. None of them are too difficult right. that you can't have them in your home. Uh, it is difficult. A lot of children have a lot of problems because the foster <coughs> care system and the reason they're in foster care is just brutal most of the time. Children are taken from their homes, mostly at a young age, like under the age of eight is when most kids are first put into the foster care system. And 61% of cases are due to neglect. And neglect is, is exactly what it sounds like. It's just not caring for your child. And that's the majority of cases. Kids are just left alone to deal with themselves. And kids under eight can't do that or don't do it very well. They, they can't really survive without a, a parent watching over them. Um, many of these children come into the system with disabilities, either mental or uh, physical disabilities that that they have and many if not all of the foster parents or resource resource families are not ready for that because i'm going to say most people like me when i first signed up to be a foster parent you know i thought i'd get a kid that you know was difficult that had problems but it wasn't going to be too crazy and i was you're wrong most of the time because <laughs> these kids are rightfully dealing with very serious issues that most people don't have to deal with until they're adults. Like being neglected, not having, not being given any food or shelter or whatever by the age eight is pretty terrible. Um, and they have to figure this out. And then they're being bounced around from house to house to house um, before, before they're they're grown and they actually know how to deal with these these scenarios that they're put into. Michael, I have a question. Yeah. <clears throat> so yes. you said that, and again, I want to reiterate, I'm the one here with the least experience with the foster system. I've yeah. never done it. I don't have children. But uh, you said that a lot of these kids that are in the foster care system have disabilities. Uh, are these disabilities, are these things that they were born with? Or are these things, in your opinion, or I guess in your research, that happens, I guess, like a nature versus nurture thing, except in a bad way? I don't know how to put that, mm -hmm. but 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question. Most of due to the research in the research that I've done, most of the disabilities are ones that they're either taught or that are learned this like problems in your life. So like attention deficit, I'm not saying all of it is taught or learned, but attention deficit disorders, um, hyperactivity disorders, they just don't really know how to deal with situations. Yeah. Cause so some of that, of, some of that stuff happens in the environment, right? Yeah. Obviously, right, exactly. obviously there's a lot of cases of ADD and ADHD and things like that. And, and that, that happened just to, just to any child, but given the right yep. set of circumstances that can happen to anyone. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like you can take on these things. Um, a lot of depression and anxiety things that are, that they just have because they don't have anything. Um, or because their parents are yelling at each other all the time. Cause you know, a lot of that, you know, scared child like problems. Um, mm-hmm. and what about learning disabilities too? Like, right. Cause I mean, a lot of these kids probably haven't been properly yep. educated. Right. Yeah. In the case of neglect, mo- a lot of them don't have the opportunity to go to school or just don't go to school because they're just left alone. And so they they fall behind very quickly. And in the case of a lot of these children who are bouncing back and forth between their biological parents and the system, because that happens more often than we would like, um, they're getting taken out of their school and put into a different one constantly. You know, once or twice a year, they're going to different schools, different people, different friends. That's tough. That's tough for us as adults to do. Yeah. Now think of it as a, you know, eight, nine, 10 year old child to, to up and leave constantly throughout your life before you're before you're even a teenager so the learning disabilities are huge they they very often fall behind in school Hmm. um so in the article that i posted a lot of it is about you know there's not there's not enough homes there's there's a ton of foster kids there's uh how much was it two hundred thousand let me get the right number for you guys. 407,493 children in 2020 were in the foster care system. Um, and all, everything I'm saying, everything I'm like numbers I'm spouting off, <laughs> these are all from the like the uh, official foster site, like the cdc.gov. You can go there <coughs> and they have like a foster care system thing that you can read. And we'll have links to that in the article. So if you want to fact check me, you can. <laughs> They're all there. Do it. Um, Fact check him. I would. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Do it. Yeah. Um, But the article talks a lot about uh, my my initial take on how we can help. And that's, you know, being a supporter of the system, going in, trying to donate your your time and hours um, in to your local foster care agency or, you know, your state agency or whatever it is, whatever you can find. We highlight the Casa Gal organization which is the court appointed special assistant. I think that's what's called. Yeah. That's an acronym. And they are, that's an acronym. Casa slash gal guardian, guardian ad litem is what that last part stands for. That's basically you just go, you know, once a month and you're assigned a child in the foster care system and you go visit them. You see how they're doing, take them to lunch, just be a friend. And then because children under the age of, you know, responsibility, I don't know what that is in each state you're at. It could be 14, could be 13. They're not allowed to go into the courts and kind of talk. You have to go for them. And that's what the CASA program is for. You get to know the kids. You get to know what they want and kind of who they are. And then you go to the court and you speak on their behalf, um, which is a pretty cool opportunity. But it is a lot of 
It's a big time investment. That's a big responsibility. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there are there are other ways that we've been looking into how you can help. And I found a bunch. There's another article on our website now that you can look at uh, to find opportunities in your in your area where you're at to also help. But like just as the theme but, of our website, I mean, what a powerful way to be a voice for the hidden, right? That CASA program. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, that's, that's, that's dead on. Yeah, that's the idea of that program. So that's what we're trying to do. I did, I have been thinking a lot lately and I want to talk to you guys about this and I have a, a bunch of stats here to like to machine gun off and if you want to stop me at any point, go ahead and do it. Bring it. But I've been thinking a lot about another huge issue I have with the foster care program. And it's like, I don't have a solution. I don't think there is a solution. You know, solutions aren't easy, but we can all help in some way. And it's with youth that age out of the system. So, and what basically what that is, is when you're in the system for so long and you become a teenager, then you turn 18, you get legally emancipated. So you have... You are your own guardian, and now you aren't in the foster care system anymore. You all of a sudden don't get to live with your foster family anymore. You know, if they if they don't have space or whatever, you are then moved out, and it's you're kind of on your own. Uh, there's a bunch of programs that these that these youth can sign up for, but again, these are youth who have had a very hard time in life up to this point. And once you once they're 18, it's like okay, now figure it all out. And, you know, go to this place, go to that place, sign these papers, do this thing. These kids are not prepared for that. And many of them fall off. Yeah. And they just disappear. And so it's tough. It's a very tough system to figure out. So I'm going to read to you guys a couple of these stats um, that I was finding. And these are all, again, from the uh, CDC site. Six percent of all U.S. of all children in the U.S. will find themselves in foster care before they turn 18. So 6% of all children in the United States, that's, that's a big percent. That's huge. Yeah. Foster youth are seven times more likely than non-foster youth to have depression and five times more likely to have anxiety. So again, that's also... And that could be attributed to kind of what we talked about, right? Is their early childhoods, possibly? Yeah, it's a direct link to abandonment. There's right. this really cool article that I'll link on the website at some point for you guys to, to read and it's the the un it's the unspoken truth of foster care and it goes into depth about abandonment issues and how that doesn't leave a child for a long time because they know kids are smart they know they've been left by their real parents and that sticks with them for a long time and that causes this depression and anxiety throughout the course of their lives right um one out of every five people who age out of the foster care system are homeless when they turn 18. Whoa. One out of five. Yeah. That's a big number. That's huge. Um, so they immediately go from foster care, which is a problem, to homelessness, which is also a huge problem. Um, one, Only one out of every two foster kids who age out of the system will have some form of gainful employment by the age of 24. So half of them will not have gainful employment. And there's a less than 3% chance for children who have aged out of the foster care system to earn a college degree at any point in their life. So you can kind of see how the deck is being stacked against these, these children. 
Yeah, I mean, they're not going to get college degrees, not going to have employment. One out of five will be homeless immediately. Yeah, and six percent. So six percent is what you said of of total. Six percent of all children in the so U.S. I did will some, find themselves. I did in some the quick googling and some quick math when you said that because it blew my okay. socks off. So in 2021, <laughs> it says in some random site that I googled that there were 26.2 million children in the USA. So take that stat as how you will, but let's just go with that, right? 26.2 million children in the USA sounds right. 6% mm-hmm. of that is 1.5 million. So there's 1.5 million. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, who will find themselves in fi- foster care before they're 18. That's, so not at one time. That's a huge number. But who have been in that system. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely huge. That's insane. So I, I have another question going back to... So when these kids turn 18... Are they legal? So, assuming it's just the most well mannered kid of all time, you know, like no problems at all, they turn 18. Are the foster parents legally supposed to kick them out, or could they, you know, say, no, you can stay? Or what's the deal there? Yeah. So, I mean, in your case, that's never going to happen. You're never going to have a kid, first of all who is, you know, the best mannered kid in the world, right. who's been in the foster care system up until the age 18. That's just, there's a reason they're there and have not been adopted. So these are for those kids who are pretty difficult to deal with. Right. Um, but if that case does happen, like, you know, for some reason, there's this great kid in foster care who just hasn't been adopted yet. And just a side note, I think all kids in foster care have the potential to be great. Right. It's not that I don't think they could be. Yeah. But anyway, if there's this kid who is great and the foster parents are like, you know what? We couldn't like for some reason, because of the system and because of all the time waiting and the paperwork, we couldn't adopt you. But you are more than welcome to just stay with us and live with us and, you know, be an adult here. That that happens. That does happen. And it is possible. Like at that point, you're both adults in your own right. Like the foster parents yeah, now you're and the child right? who is yeah. now. Yeah, your roommate, they're renting or not a house from you. They're just another adult living in your house. But then the reality of that, though, is incredibly low. Like you said, most you get to 18 years old and you're still in the foster system. Let me hit you with this little story I've got. Okay. We had one of these children in our home. We had a 17-year-old girl in the foster care system who had bounced around, I don't know how many houses, countless number of houses. Um, because she, you know, had made less than optimal choices throughout her life. And she was at a point here where she was, no one was going to adopt her. She did not want to be adopted. And that's another part of the, the puzzle here. Like she didn't want that. She wanted to be her own person and live her own life. She had come to a point where, you know, forget everybody in the world. Everyone's against me. Yeah. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Rightfully so. She's probably, she doesn't trust Rightfully anybody. So. She's feeling super, you yeah. know, she's taking care of herself. So she doesn't yeah. need anybody. That's, that's the mentality, right? Yeah. You have to put the yeah, walls up. That's, at that yeah. Point. And it's not their fault either. And like a lot of the sadness in the foster care system is because none of it is their fault. Yeah. They didn't do anything to get here, <laughs> but they are here and they're trying to figure it out. So we had this girl for a couple months and it was tough. She didn't want to be there. She was she was nice enough. She was friendly. You know, we got along. But her decisions were not ones we would ever make. And we tried to help her. We tried to, you know, you know, kind of direct her to do make the good choices that, you know, do your 
go to school, you know, make better choices, try to get a job. But when it came, she turned 18 and she kind of disappeared. Her caseworker didn't see her. We didn't see her. And the caseworkers don't have to see her anymore. Like they're not, they're not paid to go see this girl who's not in foster care anymore. It's like, she's an adult. She's making her own choices. And she kind of just disappeared for a while. Didn't hear from her again. We tried to contact her, but that's what she wanted at that point. She's, she's now free to do what she wants. I have no idea now what she's doing. Um, and it's, so that, that's the case. And it's not that the caseworkers either are heartless. I don't think we're attacking the, the social workers. No. Yeah. Because just, they, I think if you look at the numbers, they are also incredibly outnumbered, right? Once one caseworker to the number of kids is just yeah. too much. So it's not that they don't want to or don't care. It's just that they can't afford to. Yeah, I think right? social workers have some of the hardest jobs, yeah. you know, in the system. Any, any, like, yeah, yeah. Any time I've ever talked with a social worker about anything, about any, like, uh, you know, for, for someone that's worked, because I, because I deal with them sometimes when they're, when they're dealing with um, someone that's experiencing homelessness, for instance. And it's like, right. They're more handcuffed by their own system than by yep. anything else. Right. So it's always some bureaucratic decision because at the root of it, all of these services are social services, right? So the foster care system, you know, most of the things that, you know, benefit people are a social type of system. So it's funded by the government and there's constraints on that. And, you know, it's when you look at, you know, here, here I go on a anti-government rant maybe, but hopefully not. But, it's, you know, it's just it's not it's not a compassionate machine. You know what I mean? It's, it's an efficient machine. It's made to, you know, pump out. Social security numbers who are going to bring back more yep. revenue into our system. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's super tough. All of, you know, any issue that deals with government funding is going to be is going to be hard to solve, to solve in air quotes. Right. We're, you're never going to solve a yeah, problem. Quote, quote, that's solve, why yeah. that's why what we're what we at For the Hidden are trying to do is just provide aid, provide avenues for us to help, because it's going to take everybody to just do a little bit. And then you can come up with, you know, I hate the word solutions, but you can come up with some, you know, sort of, yeah. sort of help. Yeah, just a small solution, like maybe some part of the cog that you can contribute to. Yeah. Like to just to make it a little bit better. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to continue here just real quick. Nearly 60, 60% of young men who age out of the foster care system and are legally emancipated, so they're 18 and adults now, have been convicted of a crime. 60%. Wow. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Seven out of 10 girls who age out of the foster care system will become pregnant before the age of 21. Let's see. 75% of women and 33% of men are receiving government benefits to meet, to meet basic needs after they age out. So that's like a welfare system. Uh, one out of every two kids who age out of the system will develop a substance dependence. Kids who enter the foster care system after the age of 12 have a two in five chance of being legally emancipated at the age of 18. So that that means, you know, the older you get, which is another sad reality of kind of the world we live in, where the the older these kids get, the less, quote unquote, adoptable they become. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that sucks. It sucks because again they didn't choose to be here. It's just they're just they just ended up here for other people's mistakes. 
Um, and that happens all the time. I'll tell you that when we were signing up for foster care, you get to like fill out what age range you'd be okay with. And it's such a tough question because a lot of people want to foster babies. They want to foster little kids, you know, under five, because they're the easiest kind of less likely to have like big, bigger disabilities than, than the others. So they want to, they want to do those, the little babies and it's hard to take older kids. It's, it's very difficult because oh, yeah. they, they are more opinionated and they do, you know, struggle with things a lot more because they've, they've gone through more. Well, cause then they've, they have they've seen it, problems. you know, they've seen the dark side <clears throat> of society, which in, in our American society, we try to push that stuff off to the side. We don't want to deal with death, right? Like how other cultures, you know, they deal yep. with death much better than Americans. That's just one example. Yes, exactly. But so for this, or even homelessness, you know, we, we don't treat, you know, you know, when we see someone on the side of the road that's like drug addicted, and who knows if they're homeless or not, but just some, some guy walking on the side of the road who's clearly on drugs, like we try to pretend he's not there. So same mm-hmm. thing. So if mm-hmm. we're talking about some teenage, some teenager that's just seen the worst things, things that you maybe as a, as an adult have never had to deal with. So ha- exactly. having that child in your home is going to remind you of the ugliness outside. And that's tough. I mean, that's hard to, that's hard to deal with. Yeah. My, the children that we were able to adopt, they, each of them were in three different foster homes by the time they were five and six. And because they had behavioral problems, they could not be together. They had to be moved. They, they were too much for the parents um, and our youngest was in three different homes before he was five months old because he was, you know, he came out dependent on the certain substance that the mother was using in the womb. So he, he was also very difficult to have because he'd just be up screaming all night. So, but he's so those cute. are my children. He's cute. <laughs> he's super <laughs> cute. He's super smart. <laughs> but this, this is my experience and it's tough to see that. And then reading all these stats, it's like, is this, this could have been my kids, you know, knowing that if, if we hadn't have stepped in, maybe they would have been through more houses, maybe more, more stuff could have happened. And, you know, the older they get, the less likely they are to be taken. My social worker actually told me that our middle child, he was, he's, he had the most trials, uh, when we got him, if we wouldn't have taken him. Like as a, because all of my children are siblings, by the way, if we wouldn't have taken him, he would be marked as unadoptable. Like on his legal papers, he would have the title unadoptable and be moved to a group home until he was 18. No. And then at that point, he would have been homeless, probably, you know, not had any of the the luxuries that he has now because we decided to take him. But that's that's a scary thing to say. This kid is unadoptable. How can you do that to anybody? So yeah. how a dog? So how right? exactly like does a, that work? So is that like a, a certain amount of? Is that like a three strikes and you're out type of situation? Like how many homes he goes through, or is that like an evaluation um, from? It's an evaluation. Okay. Like his temperament, his ability to cope, um, like how hard he is in his previous houses. Like they're they're kind of rating these kids on this system that says based on his problems. And, you know, the amount of therapy he receives, he is generally unadoptable. And that that's actually the technical term, generally unadoptable. Hmm. So that's what he was. But we adopted him, and he's fantastic. He's super great. Like, he's a wonderful child. 
after after a lot of work and determination and you know it's tough but he's great like it's he's not like you would look at him now and be like no that kid has had a great life this whole time he's he hasn't had any problems right. like he's a totally different person and you guys put a lot of work um, in so that's all he needed was just that love and compassion that you guys showed him and so that's you know yeah that's huge that's exactly a, that's yeah. a big revelation i mean that's all these kids really need to turn them around because i know exactly what you're talking yeah. about right because i obviously i know your family personally but yeah so <laughs> right. it's, so it's you know that's you could you could have looked at him right at the very beginning and said you know ah, oh, there's no way right but given yeah. some time given some love given some attention some forgiveness and kindness you know all of that and that's what he needed you know he didn't need he didn't need incarceration. He didn't need, you know, you know, I could say medication therapy, all this stuff like that's all helpful things. Right. But what he needed yeah. was what he needed was a family. And that's what, that's what you guys gave him. That's amazing. Exactly. And that's, it's tough. And you know, there's to be fully transparent. There was times in the beginning where we we're like, I don't know. You know, I don't know. It's tough. I, I don't know if we can, because it was, it was very difficult, but not that I'm a saint or anything, but we just put that work in, like you said, you just keep going and then they'll come around just like everybody. You know, we all have our problems, but these kids have, have had zero training on how to resolve their problems. <laughs> and especially when you're in three different houses, by the time you're seven, who can you really trust? How do you know you're not going to move again? You know? <clears throat> and that's the hard part. Um, I got one more uh, stat for you guys. This one is one out of every two foster youth so 50 percent of every foster youth has dealt with four or more adverse childhood experiences now i read that and i didn't know what that meant um yeah what's the definition of that childhood experiences so i looked it up and these are potentially traumatic events that occur in our childhood before the age of 18 for example experience violence experiencing violence abuse or neglect witnessing violence in the home or community, having a family member attempt or die by suicide, and then also having a substance abuse problem, a mental health problem, or instability due to parental separation. And you said that's one out of every two children? One out of every two have experienced four of those things Oof, I was, before they're 18. I was checking some of those things off in my head as you were going. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm close. Now, <laughs> yeah, they... they uh, this the CDC. This this is the definition from the CDC, and they they also um, surveyed adults across 25, 25 states, and sixty one percent of adults said they experienced at least one of those before eighteen. So these children in foster care are experiencing four or more. Yeah, before that, because that's what I was going to say. Some of that stuff feels like. Maybe somebody who's listening to this could think like like myself, like, oh, you know, I've seen violence or I've, you know, I got addicted to this or whatever. But I think the baseline of, of this is that I had a family who loved me. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't get along with them, right? I didn't get along with my parents right. growing up. You guys know that. That was, it was tough. Mm-hmm. But, right. you know, I love them now. Love them now. But, you know, at the time when I was a kid, I was just, I was going through it. And so, you know, violence, check. You know, addiction, check. Yeah. You know, so a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I had, you know, I had a foundation, which is what separated me from from all that. Yeah. Right. These kids have a social worker that could change. 
<laughs> and families that change yeah. a lot. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, you always had something to fall back on. Even if you never did fall back on it, it was there. Right. But then these kids have absolutely nothing. And so there's, <clears throat> it seems like to me, while you were going through the statistics earlier too, that as they get older, it just snowballs exponentially more and more out of control. Mm-hmm. And then by the time they're 18, yep. it's, it's, un, it's, it's an immovable object, you know, it just keeps going exactly. and there's no stopping it almost by the time they're 18 and out yeah. of the home. It's, it's almost zero it's like options, it yeah. seems. Just yeah. think about this. Like we're siblings. We know Greg, we know you, you're our youngest sibling. Uh-huh. I remember you being an adult and not knowing how to use a credit card. Okay, so, relax. Let's go. Put them on blast. Let's go. Let's I'm just go. trying to put this in perspective yeah. for people. Like, he grew up in our home true. with, you know, five siblings who were older than him, two parents who, who did a great job at raising all of us, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we learned stuff. We learned from each other. He didn't learn this, like, what we see as, like, society. That's pretty basic, like, how to use a credit card. That's pretty easy, like, bank accounts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, we got it. But a lot of time, adults struggle with that thing. Having come from great homes, it's tough to learn things that you, you're uncomfortable with and have no idea, you know, money, banks, that's that's tough. Now, these kids who are aging out, who have no one to tell them, who had no opportunity to learn this stuff, are now saying, here, you figure this out. You make sure you're at the state office at 3 p.m. every month to sign this paper or else you're cut off forever. You know, it's tough. And these yeah. kids aren't going to succeed at this by themselves. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a hard it's a hard reality these kids are facing. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember being, and still to this day, I can I, I can function by myself, by the way. I know how to use a credit card now. You can't use a credit but, card today. <laughs> but to this day, I still get nervous about certain things I don't know, like the DMV or the hospital or just any of that stuff. Like when I go to the hospital, I still am unsure about, you know, my HSA that I have. (laughs) I like, I get the function of it and I guess how to use it. But even when I get there, it's just those little things. And then we we have this discussion and we're talking about that, but multiplied by a hundred because I have somebody to call, right? Like I could always call. I know who to call. I could call my wife. She knows. She's incredibly smart. I could call my parents. They know. I could call any one of you guys. You know. So, like, I have so many resources. But then you multiply that by 100 on anything. It could be pumping your gas. It could be going shopping for groceries. But And so when you're a fresh 18-year-old kid uh, who's out of the foster care system and you don't know how to do any of this stuff, I could very easily see how that would overwhelm you right away without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. and that's basically because we're talking, what we're talking about here, just to kind of frame it is that we're talking about the cases that where these kids aren't getting a good foster home because there are, there are mm-hmm. some, right. I mean, there's gotta be some sort of stat out there for like successes, but that's a, such yeah. a small number. And that's why we're talking about it is that the number of successes is so small, but they're great because when you hear about them, when you hear about Simone Biles, right? When you hear about things like that, where, where someone on fact check me, right? She, she came out through the foster system, correct? Colin Kaepernick as well. Colin Kaepernick, right? So you hear about these awesome, you know, success stories where these kids got paired up and just basically got, got lucky, got a very compassionate foster family 
who took care of them, gave them the tools necessary to succeed. Now, that doesn't happen. And it's not because of the foster parents' faults. It's just because the whole system is hard, right? So you can have a, a very compassionate person who's taking in foster kids, but they can't, they don't have the energy to just make sure that everything's good. And then, yeah, and then maybe they don't get that kid till they're 16 or 17. And then a year and a half later, that kid is now 18. And now this person, who is a good person, they now they have to look for and say, hey, listen, you have to go because now I'm bringing in this 11-year-old that's coming in and looking for a place to stay. I don't have room for both of you. Yep. You're 18. Right. You, you're now, you're an adult. So that's just like starting from a place where no one in our position has ever had to start from, right? We've all had mm-hmm. that privilege of like a, a decent family to where when we're finally pushed out of the nest, sure, we're going to mess up, right? I mean, I... Lord knows, you know, I've messed up a lot, but I've always <laughs> been able to rebound because I have these basic set of skills from growing up mm-hmm. in a family and with support. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 a great framing of that because it's it's tough. It's the whole problem stuff. And and again, it's like these children, they because they have these the issues they've developed, they're they're tough to work with. And you know it's 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 hard to say and hard to to look at but a lot of them don't want help at this point the system has failed them so many times it's hard to help these people that don't want to be helped so you know what the system has done nothing for me but you know make everything terrible so i'm going to do it on my own and it's hard to help so it's it's a problem that seemingly has is is very difficult and there is no solve uh, like you said, that we're not solving this. It's just how can how can we how can we make it a little easier for everybody involved? And uh, that's that's what we don't know. That's what we gotta try to figure out. <laughs> that's what we're gonna figure out throughout this campaign, yeah, right? I mean, that's the point of what we're doing here. That's right. We're gonna try to make it easier for somebody in the process. Yep. You know, I there's a quote that I love that I heard a long time ago when we started. I don't know who said it, but it's um, probably pretty famous by now. It says, you can't help everybody, but everybody can help somebody. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to just make it so everybody just help one person. And if you can help one person donate, you know, one set of money, you know, whatever you're doing, as long as it helps somebody, everybody can help. You know, that's how we help everybody is through that way. Yeah. And teamwork and community. And that's what this is all about. Yep. Um, yeah, so I have I have other stats and things that, that I can write in articles later, and there are more things that are kind of, you know, not great. There is, but again, at the end of the day, there is hope. There are success stories. Look at my story. My kids are great. Um, didn't start that way, but we've come a long way through a lot of hard work and just helping out. And, and again, we've benefited from a lot of people helping. Uh, we've been on that receiving end of, of help. And it's not only just helping helping the kids in foster care, it's helping the families who are doing foster care as well. Because it's tough to be a foster parent and a constantly deal and, you know, kind of shoulder the burden of all these children that are coming in every house because it's a lot to deal with, like emotionally. But all the help that we received through like, you know, meal donations, you know, nights out, you know, someone would watch the kids for an hour. You get a night out for yourself. Like those, th- that goes a long way too. 
if you know foster parents or if you know, you know, anybody who's connected with that, just offer your time, offer a meal, you know, that, that really helps a lot too, because the parents, you want these good parents to stay in the system. You want them to keep going. Yeah. And that's the hard part. Yeah. And we're going to go into depth on that, uh, next podcast, right? So we'll, we'll probably, we'll probably bring yep. in a, a professional kind of ask some questions, then also kind of give everybody, you know, just ideas of how they can be more helpful. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. So, like I said, we'll we'll follow up with more information for you guys on the website. We're going to do another podcast. I have a list of people that I'm going to be talking to, professionals in the system uh, who work with organizations, who work with charity drives, who work with volunteers of the foster care program. I'm going to be talking to them and uh, kind of picking their brains on the best way that we can help. Uh, anybody on the outside can can help out the foster care system because I know like if I said you know you got to help by becoming a foster parent that's that's undoable for most people. <laughs> I think most people just can't become foster parents and I get that's it. a lot yeah but most people can do something um, you know spend an yeah. hour every other week you know, I think you could I want to be used as a guinea pig as well because I I. As of right now, I know a little bit about foster care. I've done a little research, of course, you know, as we've done, mm -hmm. started our, our, our company and whatnot. But I, as of yet, have not volunteered with a foster organization of any kind or in that field. But before this is over, I'd like to. But as we talked about, I'm not going to become a foster parent. Um, I'm also not sure about the, the Casa Gal for me and my situation now. Because like you said, it mm -hmm. is a huge time commitment. It's a beautiful thing. It's a great idea. But uh, before this is over, I would like to also somehow get involved personally. Um, yeah. With, and we'll follow with that journey. System. That'll be awesome. And also, um, Sarah, my lovely wife, is actually going to be, um, I think, starting in April. I think she's going to start uh, representing children through CASA. So we'll kind of awesome. be able to see, nice. yeah, we'll kind of be able to see how, how that goes and kind of check in with her and see, see what's up. Yeah. yeah all of the, I will say all of the cost of people that we met and dealt with were all like the greatest people. So I think Sarah probably fits that bill too. Like she's, she's kids, one of the greatest kids love Sarah. And I think that's a huge yeah. benefit. Yeah. To oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> kids and dogs. Well, just get everybody loves Sarah, but no, anyway. no, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Let's <laughs> not go too far. No, she's great. I'm just saying, you know, she's great. I just don't want. Right. Her, I just don't want her to get a big head. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah, keep them yeah. humble. Let's stay. Let's stay in. I love you, Sarah. Here. All right. Well, I, as as you guys know, like I'm I'm very, like much a part of foster care is very much a part of me and who I am. And like my whole story of me as an adult, I think has a lot to do with the foster care program, um, and giving back. And I'm, I'm so pumped that we're able to do this as our first campaign, as our kickoff campaign. And I invite everybody who's listening to visit our website. Again, it's www.forthehidden.com. Uh, we got some blogs there. We have some apparel there, some merchandise that you guys can can check out and buy to also, you know, share that message of what we're about with others. Um, and just take a look around, see what you can do and stay tuned. We'll have more podcasts and more information out soon 
about what you guys can do to help the cause to, you know, raise awareness of foster care and also help your local organizations and the foster children in your areas. You guys got anything you want to say? No, I mean, I think that's basically it for podcast number one. And yeah, check us out on Instagram as well, for.the.hidden. Um, mm-hmm. Gregory's man in that bad boy and putting out beautiful content every day. Um, yeah. Yeah, and just keep checking with us. Yeah, cool. the more interaction, the better with the community. I think, like Randy said at the beginning, this is a, it's a, it's always a group effort, and the more people involved, uh, the more people get involved, and so that's what we'd really love to see as a result of this. So yeah, come join us on this. Yeah, and that way we can get ideas too for future campaigns because we already have quite a few that we're interested in. You know, we have some other societal issues and some environmental issues and things like that, but you know. We, we want we want this to be community based. So if the majority of you say, hey, let's talk about, you know, the decline of the bee population, then that's where we're going. Right. So just let us know what you guys care about. And but we will be working on this foster care um, campaign for a while now. And yeah, let us know. Hit us up. Cool. And <clears throat> quickly before we end, I just want to share with you guys if you've heard this or not. Maybe the viewers haven't. There's a phenomenon in our society, and I think it's called the onlooker phenomenon. I don't know if you've heard this, uh, where if they did some studies and, and people throughout you know, our current history have, have noted, uh, psychologists have explained this, where if there's an accident or something happening where someone needs help, mm-hmm. say two cars got into an accident in the road, if, if no one else is stopping, the likelihood of you stopping is very low. Uh, but the hmm. second one person stops to help, everyone else starts stopping to help as well. So I just want to invite everyone to be that person that stops. Be that person that's the one to kind of start helping first. And then others around you will. I like that. But I also want to add that, and I'm not trying to blow like blow my own horn or anything but when I, for this specific example if i see an accident if i see someone pulled over on the side of the road and no one's helping them i pull over to help them but if i already yeah. see that someone's helping them i'm like oh they're good don't be like me either if, if you <laughs> know if like yeah pile on everybody needs as much help as they can get and especially yeah. with a movement like this we need momentum we need all of you to help all of us so let's you know what i mean so if so if Gregory's over here with yeah. the flat tire and Michael's got him. Just just know that Michael doesn't have him. Yeah, he maybe needs something. I am he needs not a jack. Qualified. He's not he's not qualified. <laughs> but it, but if some you know what I mean? So just pull on over and help us out. That's what we're asking for. Thumbs in the wind. Turns out the first give us person a like. has no idea what they're doing. <laughs> so we need to just, have just other people help. Out. Just be like me and assume that you know better than them and that you should probably go find out what's going on. Let's yeah. let's just all yeah. do that for each other. Let's all do that. Let's be that for each other. Everybody be that extra extra set of hands to help, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for us this time. I thank you all for listening. Again, visit us on our socials. And that's all we got for this time. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>